In this episode, I want to talk about dating safety, specifically for men. There is plenty of information and advice available online and elsewhere about safety concerns for women, and rightfully so. Guys need to be careful out there as well. Men can be robbed or cheated or harmed. We'll cover all the basics, plus some other things that aren't so well known that can cause you real problems out there, right after this quick word from our sponsor, me. Hi everyone, welcome to the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting. I am David, the author of the book of the same name, Gentleman's Guide to Flirting, available on Amazon.com. I am also your host and the exalted leader of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting empire. You will be able to find this content on YouTube or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you for joining. Let's get started. Hello everyone. Welcome to episode 21 of the Gentleman's Guide to Flirting podcast. I am David, the author of the book. Today we're going to talk about dating safety for men. Dating safety for men. Now, safety for women out there is obviously vital, and there is a ton of really great advice available online for both sexes. But guys need to be careful out there as well, right? And I don't see a lot of material available specifically for men. Don't walk around thinking nothing can happen to you because you are a man. Men can be set up, tricked, lured, ambushed, robbed, cheated out of their money, or physically harmed. We'll cover all of the basics, plus some other things that aren't so well known that can help you avoid some real problems out there. To get us there, I want to cover four major areas of safety pertaining to dating and online dating. One, protecting yourself physically, your physical safety. Two, protecting your finances. Three, protecting your identity and personal information. And lastly, what I call protecting your time. All right, let's dig into each of those. One, protecting your person and your physical safety. My first point in this area is that I suggest that you stick to quality dating websites and services. By quality sites, I mostly mean the well-known paid sites, where you most likely pay a monthly membership fee. In many cases, their charging you money keeps the riffraff and scammers away. Operators of paid services cannot let their reputations be tarnished by being places where people are scammed or harmed or have other negative outcomes. Think about it. They want their businesses to be worth millions or billions of dollars so they cannot operate like cesspools and let that affect their valuation goals. Now, I'm not saying there aren't some quality ladies on the free sites. There certainly are, definitely. Some ladies just don't see any difference in their results from paid sites, so they figured why should they keep paying? They'll just try the free stuff. But the likelihood of you encountering some type of problem on the free sites and services is higher than on a paid service right now. That's just how things are right now, and you need to be aware of that. My next point, read her profile carefully. Make sure she is a real person, or seems like a real person, and doesn't sound nutty. 
Hopefully you read her profile before reaching out. You did that, right? You didn't just go for her pretty pictures and send out the, the uh, introduction? That's okay either way. A lot of guys play a numbers game and spray a lot of messages out. That's fine. But now that she's replied back, take another look at her profile. Do the pictures look fake? I know it's hard to tell the difference, but you know you know what a normal human woman looks like. Do her pictures look like they're computer generated or enhanced in some way? Do they look fake? Another thing, not all ladies fill out their online dating profiles thoroughly, but many do. Keep an eye out for any red flags in her description or how she answered any like profile or get to know you kind of questions that the service has. Does she talk about violence or anything else that you find objectionable? Does she describe herself in her profile description, I mean, as a bad person or a source of trouble or a bad girl? If she does, maybe she means it and you need to listen to her and stay away. Other things to look for is if her description is far too short or if it contains a large number of grammar or spelling errors. Those can be red flags as well. Okay, let's say all that passes muster. Now research her. I don't mean hire a private investigator, but it might be worth doing a little bit of checking. Google her name and see what comes up. I mean, is there a warrant out for her arrest? Did she crash her car through a Dairy Queen front door in a fit of rage two years ago? See if you can find her on Facebook. Check her out a little bit. Check Instagram. Check Pinterest. All preferably while not logged in to any account you have on those platforms so that she has no way of knowing that you looked. And don't follow her on those services, at least not yet. For sites like LinkedIn that tell people who has looked at their profile, Consider using cover accounts, cover, C-O-V-E-R. Uh, those are accounts that, you know, that people from like law enforcement and intelligence services use to not give away their identity. Use a cover account instead of your normal account. Cover accounts can be uh, terms of use or terms of service issues, so be mindful of that. And don't tell her what you did. She might find that behavior extremely creepy, a big red flag, and think you might be some sort of stalker or weirdo, and not just someone who is being careful about their own personal safety. How would you feel if she told you that she checked you out completely, or she asked you a bunch of questions clearly showing that she has looked at years worth of your history in Facebook and LinkedIn, and she went to your high school to look at yearbook photos? Keep your research and due diligence to yourself. As an example, I had a girl do that years ago to me. She told me to my face that she went back to my high school to look at my yearbook photos. I thought she was a complete psycho and I bolted. My point is to be careful about revealing what research you have done to learn about her and take some minimal precautions to protect your own safety and not waste time with a problem person. Okay. Let's say she has made it this far in your screening. Next, consider asking for a video meeting or a phone call first if you still have concerns. There's loads of free ways now to set up a quick video meeting through Zoom or Skype or several other services. Just say you want to get to know her a bit. She'll understand. She may not want to get on a call so quickly, but you won't know unless you ask her. You can't really do that as well over email or text because you are missing vital tonality and body language input. With texting and email, you just have the words, even with emojis, and that is less than 10% of human communication. 
That other 90% is how you say things. It is your tonality and your body language. A phone or video conversation allows you to go more deeply into those getting to know you questions and let you see what kind of chemistry you two might have. If at any point you see any warning signs or just have a bad feeling about the situation or doubt her character or intentions, then politely and graciously end the conversation. You'll know if she is being genuine over the phone and certainly on a video call. Now, before I move on, I want you to understand how things look the other way around from her side. Women commonly get advised to take their time before agreeing to a first date, and they are advised to be heavily skeptical of a guy that pushes them that asks to meet very early in the conversation. Now, that conflicts with what I advise men to do, which is to get from behind the keyboard as early as possible to at least a phone call or preferably a video meeting. Women think if you are truly interested in her as a person, and not just a one-shot sexual encounter, you'd be patient for days or maybe weeks or maybe even months and agree to wait to meet. However, I think time is too precious to go too slowly. But you need to understand that she too needs to be comfortable with meeting you. So talking advances the interests of both parties, and that is a good thing. You two need to agree on a pace that works for the both of you. So now you are proceeding to an in-person, real-world meeting with her. What do you need to consider at this point? When you do meet in person, make it a public place. It is a good idea to meet in a public place with many people around, initially. Never meet in a private or definitely not a remote location. Meeting in a public place means you likely aren't being set up and there is little chance some guys will pop out to confront you or rob you. Don't let her pick you up on the first date. If she's the one with the car and you are not, don't do it. The reason why I say that is you have no idea if you're going to want to go on a second date with her. So why would you ever let her know where you live before you've met her the first time? This way you aren't relying on anyone for a ride home if things go wrong and you're ready, ready to go home. And you know you'll get home safely. Always provide your own transportation to and from the date, even if it is with Uber or Lyft or a taxi or whatever public transportation you have where you live. Also, take your phone, your fully charged phone, right? with you in case of an emergency. Keep your personal items with you at all times. You don't want to risk having personal information stolen and you don't want her to take your iPhone and run. It is also best not to get intoxicated. I don't want to get preachy here, but staying sober and avoiding drinking alcohol or taking anything that would, that might inhibit your common sense or impair your judgment where you're on a date with someone you don't know very well is good advice. Generally, just trust your instincts and use common sense. Alright, that wraps up number one about protecting you, your personal safety. Let's move on to number two, protecting your finances. Protecting your finances. The first thing I want to point out, and this really isn't a safety-related matter, but in general, don't do something expensive for the first date, at least. And maybe for the first few dates. Maybe meet for coffee or something cheap, or maybe even free. She needs to prove out a little before you go down that road of buying expensive tickets or paying for expensive dinners or trips. 
please don't waste your money because you are hopeful someone will work out and she's got that pretty face and you're lonely and you really want it to work out please heed my advice make sure she is worth the investment first before you take that step second thing that could be a big red flag or warning sign is if she asks you for money and yes I I'm recording this in late 2020 and we're in the middle of the COVID-19 pandemic. And, and yes, times are tough right now. A lot of people are out of work. A lot of people are having some difficulty, but you know, stay on your guard. I know you have a big heart and you are a good and generous person. You wouldn't be attracted to this material if you weren't, but please make sure that you aren't getting tricked or played or taken advantage of. I advise you against offering money or financial assistance at all to ladies that you have just met. It is uh, just too early. So even in these tough times during the pandemic, please don't let that big heart of yours be taken advantage of. Third thing to look out for is if she quickly asks to talk or chat on an outside email or messaging service. Uh, for example, you might you're definitely going to encounter situations, especially on the free sites, where an account that appears to be an attractive lady will like directly point you to like an Instagram account or an account on some other platform that isn't the dating site. That's never good. It's it's it's. I mean, maybe not a hostile thing, but maybe it's it's maybe an offer of prostitution, or it's it's a lady that's just trying to drum up an audience on her Instagram account. Say for example. She may be trying to redirect you to something like an OnlyFans account to sell you paid access to look at pictures of her or something silly. Anyway that that goes, that is usually quickly followed by a communication requesting that you submit credit card information or their account information, and that is always bad. Providing your financial information in response to any of those types of requests can result in financial and or identity thefts, so stay away from that. Fourth thing under the subject of protecting your finances is if she sends you messages containing any kind of strange looking links to websites, a normal woman won't be doing that because why, why would she? Clicking on those links, can that could lead to malware or viruses on your computer or your phone, it could, which could lead to theft of your credentials or other bad things, so watch out for that, please. Number three, protecting your identity and personal information. There's a couple points I want to make here. If you aren't already familiar with these, learn about reverse image search. Reverse image search. If you're at a computer, go to 10i.com. T-I-N-E-Y-E.com. When you pull that site up, look and see what it does. That site allows you to, instead of searching for words and mapping them back to articles or pictures or whatever it allows you to search for images similarly if you go to google reverse image search which is images.google.com images.google.com and you click on that little camera thing in the search bar both of those tools are free and easy to use ways to go and try to see where a particular image or a similar image appears anywhere on the internet there are two reasons why I ask you to do this. One is so that you can look up photos of her in your research to find out where else she might be on other social media platforms as you try to learn a little more about her. Doing that can help you spot fake dating profiles. So the process there would be take you know one or all of her 
pictures that she's put on her dating uh, profile, download them to your computer, and then load them back up to tenai.com or images.google.com to see if she's reused those from someplace else, Facebook, Instagram, what have you, so you can figure out where she's at on social media. Again, not to be a creepy stalker person, but to help facilitate your search to find out, you know, learn more about her to find out where she's at elsewhere to see how she communicates and get a sense of who she really is. The second reason I bring up reverse image search is because I want you to be aware of, of what information you might be exposing in your dating profile pictures that might reveal more than you want to share about your identity, your work, your job, or your business location, or where you live. So my advice is go through and go through this, go through these exercises and see how powerful those tools are. And my advice is on your dating service profiles, only use photos that you don't use anywhere else. I know it's a lot easier to go take your, your picture from your LinkedIn profile or Facebook and just upload it to the dating profile services, but take fresh new photos and use them there so no one can go come back behind you and map your pictures back to your other social media presences or other websites that you appear on. Second thing is uh, around phones. I used to recommend burner phones, B-U-R-N-E-R. -E That's not a brand name. It's just a, you know, like a common street name for types of phones that are temporary phones that you used to be able to buy in the United States at least. And you could activate those with just cash and without providing any identification. They were like temporary, basically cheap throwaway phones. Those were useful for dating for people who have private who are privacy conscious or are worried about a problematic person harassing them if a date didn't work out. In recent years in the United States, you have to provide good identification uh, when buying any type of mobile phone service. But having a second cheap temporary use phone might be a good idea if you're concerned about giving away your primary number especially if you use that same phone number for your business or work and cannot just change the number willy-nilly if someone is bothering you or harassing you. Now, with mobile phones and the, how good the, the phone service providers are, you can block nuisance callers very easily on your own without going through you know, a bunch of flaming hoops. You can also change your phone number easily, mostly, you know, at least in the United States, and that all helps with anyone harassing you on your phone. The last thing I want to bring up is uh, under protecting your identity is please consider using alternate email addresses for dating purposes. People can find you from your primary email address. People can find you. If you live in the United States, look yourself up on familytreenow.com. Familytreenow, no, spa no spaces, no punctuation.com. Look yourself up on there. First name, last name search in your area, in your city. Do you see any familiar email addresses or phone numbers in there alongside your you know, location history? People can find you by your email addresses or phone numbers on free services and definitely paid services these days. There are several both free and paid services just like this one that people can use to locate you where you live and your family members. So that's why I advise, you, you know, just give some consideration to uh, using some temporary phone numbers and maybe email addresses if uh, you're concerned about harassment or things going awry in the dating process. You know, it may, look, may, it may make you look a little weird to her that you didn't trust her up front, but you're just trying to protect your, your safety and there's nothing wrong with doing that. Number four, 
I want to provide a little more clarity about what I mean about protecting your time, protecting your time and why I bring it up here. Protecting your time isn't directly a safety concern. It's not a safety concern at all, but it's kind of tangentially related. I believe you should get off the dating sites quickly and move to more natural forms of human interaction, but in the process, not scare her off by how you ask to do that. Offering phone calls or video chats in between messaging on the dating sites in the very earliest stages and then later move into a real, a real world physical meeting can help screen out fakes and scammers and catfishers and women who are just there to waste your time. Part three of the book tells you to drive toward getting to that in-person meeting but you need to keep her concerns in mind around safety and like what your intentions are and you know, like and, and her feeling comfortable enough to, to agree to meet you in person. In other words, you are wondering about her and she is wondering about you. You'll need to navigate that and she needs to end up feeling that you are safe enough to engage with. Trying to get to an in-person meeting quickly can be a turnoff from her point of view and a lot of ladies have their own rules about that. So if your opener conversations are ending early in your initial kind of messaging back and forth on the dating services, it might be that you need to offer phone calls or something like a Zoom or a Skype meeting as an alternative in between first. She may be interested in you, but like a, 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 like a warning went off in her head when you went straight to, hey, you know, I'm interested in you. I think you're great. Let's go meet for coffee. That that may sound perfectly fine to you because you know you're fine and you know you're right for her and you know you're perfectly safe, but she doesn't know that just yet. So kind of keep that in mind. Offer that as kind of like an intermediate step. You know, a phone call or a video chat. You, at least you, in both cases, you get to go and hear each other speak and you'll learn a lot about that. How people say things, their tonality will come across if someone's like insane or creepy or has bad intentions. You know, you, you, you're an adult and you've gone through a lot in life and you'll pick up on that with just what they're saying. On a video call, you have the additional benefit of being able to observe their, their body language. So that's just, that's, just, that's just better. My point is with number four about protecting your time. Basically, don't let that back and forth turn into a time drain. Uh, she may want to go and talk for days or weeks or months, but I, I just don't. I just don't advise that. I say you want to drive toward in-person meetings more quickly for the right women, the ones that meet your criteria or you're otherwise interested in. I don't believe in letting things drag on for weeks or months, but that is up to you. I recommend you be protective of your time because you've got a lot of things going on. You're working on yourself all the time just to be a continuously better person every day. You're working towards your goals, your education, your career, your business, all that. And life is just too short. And to be honest with you, using the approaches in the book and the stuff we talk about here in the podcast, another great lady is just around the corner if 
If someone is trying to take too long for your taste and you want to move forward, you got options. You can just cut bait with one that's taking too long. You know, be respectful of her and, and understand that she's got to feel comfortable. But if she wants to just keep on having little in little small conversations and dribs and drabs over weeks and months, and you need to cut bait, cut bait and move on, buddy. Uh, you know, because using the techniques that we got in the book and the advice you got in the book, you'll find another great person in very short order. Okay, that is all that I have for this week. Take care.